0: Hello and a warm welcome to Living Fabulously with Bev. I'm a wellbeing coach, change specialist and founder of Living Fabulously. The mission for this fortnightly show is to get to the heart of wellbeing through inspirational stories of everyday people, expert insights from a number of health and lifestyle related disciplines and exploration of topics that underpin wellbeing. I invite you to take control of your wellbeing and put yourself front and centre in your life. If you're feeling tired and burned out from the stress of having it all, then this is the podcast for you. I want you to feel calm, nurtured and inspired so you can enjoy your life and your success. Join me on this journey and let's live the fab life together. Today, I'm delighted to introduce my special guest, Andrea Beeman, who will share her inspiring story of how she rose above her health challenges what has led to her vibrant health, and how she shares her passion for well-being today. Andrea is a nationally renowned holistic health coach, natural foods chef, and thyroid expert who teaches worldwide using a natural healing approach. Andrea was voted by Greatest.com as one of the top 100 most influential health and fitness experts. She was a featured contestant on Bravo's hit reality TV show, Top Chef Season 1 is a regularly featured food and health expert on CBS News and is the host of the award-nominated Fed Up. Andrea is an inspirational keynote speaker and teaches fun cooking classes and health seminars to a wide base of clients. I was so taken by Andrea's passion, energy and likability when she lectured on my program at IIN and I'm super excited that she's here with me today. Welcome, Andrea. Hello, Bev. How are you doing today? Just super excited. Hope I stay on track here (laughs) and not not wander (laughs) off. (laughs) So, Andrea, I thought to frame up our conversation, I would ask a few questions, if you don't mind.
1: No, I don't mind. I love answering questions.
0: Okay, good. So how would you describe your journey to well-being?
1: Well, I would describe it as awesome today, but when I was going through it, I would describe it as pretty hellish. You know, like when you're in the middle of uh, suffering with a disease, nothing looks good. But when you're on the other side of it, you go, oh my gosh, that journey was really good. I- I'll give you an example of what that looks like. Prior to being diagnosed with thyroid disease, I was living a pretty careless life mm-hmm. um, eating crap, not taking care of myself. Uh, partying till the cows come home, drinking, smoking, you know, like everything bad you could do for yourself. Uh, You know, that was me. And then I got diagnosed with thyroid disease. I had a hyperthyroid plus I had a goiter. My weight was always up and it was down and it was up and it was down. It was never, I was never stable. I was a yo-yo dieter and I, you know, my, my weight was always a problem and my immune system was crashing all the time. So when I got diagnosed with my thyroid disease, it was actually a blessing, Bev, mm-hmm. because it was a wake-up call. When the doctor said to me, you need to take radioactive iodine and then be on a medication for the rest of your life, red flags went up for me everywhere because I had watched my mom go through the treatments of breast cancer using radiation. And I, you know, when I watched her go through her disease, uh, I made the mental mo- note that I don't want to put radiation anywhere near my body uh, on purpose. And, you know, everybody has their own opinion about stuff. But I watched chemotherapy and radiation really wither my mother's existence. And so when I got diagnosed with my disease and the doctor said radioactive iodine, I said, listen, doc, I said, "Um, thanks so much, but um, I'm not going to take radioactive iodine. I'm going to change my diet and my lifestyle. And the doctor said, your diet and your lifestyle have nothing to do with your disease. Mm, And I I said, I said, well, I get that, you know, that you were taught that. I said, but I'm going to try because I know that I eat crap and I know that I'm not taking care of myself. I know these things. I said, I'm going to change my diet and then and I'll come back. And so I did. I, I left the doctor's office with a focus on healing my body rather than abusing it. And. I changed my diet radically from all the fat-free, low-fat, non-fat diet food, coffee stimulants, chemical sweeteners, and everything else I was doing. And I started to eat more wholesome foods. And within four months, Bev, I lost 18 pounds. My hair stopped splitting. My nails stopped splitting. My goiter started to reduce. I started to sleep at night. And I overall started to feel better. My cystic acne went away. My PMS symptoms, which were, I was raging, horrifying, you know, like full of pain when I had my PMS, those started to go away. So I went back to the doctor four months later and 18 pounds lighter. And she took my blood again. She said, well, your thyroid is, is the blood work is definitely changing, but, you know, you're still not healed and you need to take this medication. And I said, Doc, I said, I feel better than I have since I'm a teenager. I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing, and, uh, and I'll keep you posted. And what I did was for the next two years, every four to six months, I would go and see a new doctor. And I would get each time a different diagnosis, Beverly. Every first I had hyperthyroid and a goiter, then I had a a hypothyroid, then I had Hashimoto's, right? It was bouncing all over the place, which is a sign of an autoimmune condition. And had I initially gotten that radioactive iodine, it would have destroyed my thyroid. I would have never understood how to heal it. And I would have never made the connection that I literally am what I eat and that my self-care is of the utmost importance for me to be here healthfully and happily here on the planet in a body that works. So, you know, my my thyroid, it took about 18 months for the goiter to go away and two years for it to heal. But, um, you know, that was 20 years ago. And, uh, you know, now today I shout it from the rooftops. I've been shouting it for 20 years, you know, take care of yourself, love yourself, honor yourself. I'm a firm believer that disease can teach us so much about ourselves.
0: That's so true. You know, sometimes we do need to get led to that place, but it's how we get out of there that's also equally important. Yes. So what skills have you developed or lessons have you learned around this whole well-being journey?
1: Well, I've learned a lot. And, you know, the first thing that I've learned is that I have to take responsibility for my health. And I have to take responsibility for myself. I can't put it off into somebody else, right? My mom is not alive. My dad is not alive. It's here I am on the planet. I was birthed and put here. I have to learn how to take care of myself. And that doesn't mean to isolate. And it doesn't mean to remove myself from the community and from the world. It means to learn the basic skills of self-care so that I can fend for myself and I can care for myself and I can cook a meal. Which is really a basic thing that most people don't know how to do. Most people do not know how to cook a meal for themselves. And that to me, I I did it. I lived it. And I look back on those times and I'm like, wow, I didn't know how to cook food. You know, like a basic part of my survival here on the planet. I didn't know how to do that. What if the entire structure of everything falls down? What do I do? I, what I, do I wait twenty years? Like, let's say an atom bomb comes and everything just explodes all over the place. Do I have to wait, you know, twenty years for the pieces to be put back together and a store pops up for me to learn how to cook and eat? So I think that our basic skills need to be taught to us, and they're not. They're not taught to us in school. Um, when I was going to school, I think it was in the tenth grade. We had something called home ec. It was a, a class on, I don't know, Home Ec. <laughs> and then, I kid you not, the first thing that we learned how to make was a cinnamon roll. We took Pillsbury dough out of the, the little, you know, the pop box that it comes in. We flattened it out on a on a, a cutting board and we put cinnamon and sugar on the inside, rolled it up and popped it in the oven. And that was our Home Ec course. That was They were teaching us basic skills. So I can understand today when I look around and I see how people do not know how to care for themselves because we're not taught it. It's not on our
0: agenda. Mm. Critical part of the work that I love to do is to have people make choices from that point of view of how will this benefit me rather yeah. than, you know, just just bumbling along. So yes. very important. And how have you managed your attitude and mindset when you were Sort of really unwell and striving to. So there was something deep within you that had that reason not to follow the doctor's advice. So what sort of mindset and attitude did you have, and what do you continue to to use to stay on top?
1: Well, you know the doctors; they they're not bad people. They just they're, they're they're. I guess their practices are almost like dinosaurs right now, you know, like, especially with all the stuff that's coming out about epigenetics and like, for example, all the stuff with breast cancer and all, you have the BRCA gene, you know, you have to go and get your breasts removed and, and all this craziness, you know, like this radical, radical stuff. Whereas if you look at the most modern current science of like epigenetics, it's like, okay, yeah, you may have the gene for this and the gene for that, but it needs a specific environment in order to activate in order to turn on, Right. So, yeah, if you're if you're eating the wrong foods, if you're not exercising, if you're not taking care of yourself, there's a possibility that gene is going to turn on. But if you're doing the other things, taking care of yourself, eating well, getting exercise, friendship, sociability, getting out into the world, breathing good quality air, which is really hard to find around around the big cities. Right. You know, but. If you're doing that, there's the possibility that gene will not turn on. So um, I think that doctors are great at what they do, but they really need to be upgraded. You know, like uh, they're, they're like operating on the DOS level. Remember the old computers? They're yes. operating on DOS. Yes. When it comes to healing, when there's so many things about healing. I've had doctors still to this day think that, they're, that the diet has nothing to do with disease, which is so archaic. So... I think that the mindset that I have, and it it may be right, it may be wrong, but I know that it's helped me. The mindset that I have is that I am perfect exactly as I am and that I was created by the universe and I'm no less perfect than the butterflies and the bees and the wolves and the deer and the lion and the elephants, right? These perfect creatures that live healthfully while they're here on the planet. They're not suffering of heart attacks and arthritis, except for the ones that are in the zoos. Right. Because, mm-hmm. of course, right, it's an unnatural environment for them. Um, so, you know, I look at, at myself as one of the creatures on this planet that is perfectly designed. And in my perfect design, there are some requirements that, it, that are needed from me in order to keep this design functioning at its best. So it doesn't mean that I'm going to get through this life intact completely. Right. With all my teeth and with every bone unbroken and, you know, without scars, that's part of the journey. But it does mean that I have the capacity to make it through this life in this body that was created by the universe, right, that I'm responsible for, and that I can make it through this life, mostly intact with the organs that I came in with. <laughs> right? Like if you look at, oh, gosh, don't, I'll go off on a tangent, Bev. Let me just finish this one. like. <laughs> Like, if you look at modern medicine, it's like, okay, you have gallbladder trouble. Let's let's take the gallbladder out. Okay, you have um, your colon is is spastic or your villi is not functioning. Let's take 15 feet of your colon out. Oh, yeah, you, this breast has cancer cells. Let's just take that thing right off. So we're looking at the body as if it's just like, let's cut it up into little pieces. And I think that we need to have more reverence for the body than that. You know, to look at it as this divine creation that we're responsible for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's wonderful. If I am correct in understanding you, Andrea, the other attitude that I'm sort of hearing is that you have taken the responsibility and you've made it your mission to keep yourself well.
1: Yeah, and that, uh, that doesn't mean that I don't get sick. Right. So if I'm if it's my responsibility to keep myself well, it doesn't mean that I never get a cold or a flu or I don't get little diseases that pop up here and there. You know, I'm I'm also I'm exposed to all the viruses and the bacteria that are in the world. What my responsibility means is that I know that I have a job. My first responsibility is to make sure that I'm functioning well. Right. So I think it was the Buddha that said um, it's your duty to keep your body in a healthy state so that your mind will be clear. Right. So this is very important because so many people, their mind is not clear. It's very foggy or they don't know what they're doing on the planet or they're confused or they don't know how to care for themselves. Right. So I think part of it starts with, you know, taking care of the body is your duty. Do the best that you can. With what you have, and if you've lost organs already, if you're gallbladderless, or you've lost some of your colon, or you have one kidney, do your best to take care of the rest of the organs that are functioning within your system that you're responsible for.
0: Yeah, sound advice. What have you realized about the priorities in your life at this time?
1: Well, you know, the priorities in my life, I'm rolling up on 50. right? <laughs> so, you know, I still I still love my work and I work all the time. But I know that I need breaks to go into the park to chill out, uh, do a crossword puzzle, you know, keep my mind active. Uh, you know, there's there's lots of other things that come up at different points in life. Right. So, in my 30s, it was like, oh, okay, I got to find a man. (laughs) I get married. You know, of course, it didn't happen until I was 40 something or other. But, uh, you know, the priorities change as you grow. And, you know, like right now, I'm, I'm at a very powerful age, you know, women in their 40s and their 50s. Wow, you're coming into sagehood. You know, this is like, most people think, oh, it's menopause. It's horrible. You know you know, they're losing their, not their femininity, but their uh, luster, like a, no longer a shiny new car that everybody looks at. Now it's, it's the wise woman that everyone comes to for sage advice. You know, like uh, women, wise elder women used to be revered for their knowledge, for their ability to know things, uh, to help the community. To help themselves, right? This this was reverence for this female, uh, for the older female. But now, I mean, you look at at what's happening in the world now. You hit a certain age, uh, and and there's okay. Let's discard. Let's discard these women. They're we're not going to use them anymore. They're no longer of any use to us. We can't look at them. Their boobs aren't firm. The butts sagging, right? There's cellulite <laughs> and wrinkles, right? So, like most women, will get really scared about that, and they immediately run out to the plastic surgeon and all that stuff. And, and I, I understand it because our society is not set up for the wise elders. It's um it's set up for the young, the quick, the young, the immediate right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'd like to bring back the wisdom of the elders and make it more
0: pronounced. Yes. Let's bring back the wisdom of the elders, says she, <laughs> in her 50s. <laughs> So cha- it, right? <laughs> So changing track a little, I had a question from one of my listeners is what is your view on the low carb lifestyle?
1: I think that it has its place, you know like I think that we have been overeating carbs, oh my gosh, and not even good carbs, like bad carbs, like you know dunkin donuts, um crispy cream. Uh, you know, everything is uh, sugar, 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 sugar. We're crazy for sugar. Uh, and there's lots of reasons why we're crazy for sugar. I mean, you know, we could have a whole other interview about that. But, you know, like, I think that if you have been overeating carbs and sugar, a low-carb diet is actually really good for a period of time. But I'll tell you, Bev, the a lot of times I see you know, students or clients that have taken on a paleo or an autoimmune paleo or an absolutely no carb diet and they feel great initially and then they crash. And there's a reason why they crash. We're actually designed to have carbohydrates and proteins and fats. Our physical body is designed specifically, right? So when they have an extremely low carb diet, then they don't feed the mitochondria, which live inside the cell. And guess what they eat? They eat glucose. So we need sugar, but we need good quality sugar, you know, better quality sugar. So instead of a, a raspberry Dunkin' Donut with a crispy cream on top, maybe just some raspberries, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or instead of uh, Danish or, pa- you know, pastry, something like that, instead of something like that, maybe a, a stir fry on some rice with vegetables, you know, and, and throw something – sweeten there, maybe a little rice wine or something like that to sweeten it up to make it more delicious. Put in some sweet vegetables, right? Onion, carrot, cabbage, parsnips, you know, sweet vegetables that include lots of delicious carbs. I also look at human beings and what we've been eating for the past, I don't know, couple of thousand years. And we've had grains and we've had carbs in the diet and we've evolved with them. So, you know, why do we have carbohydrate digesting enzyme in the mouth and in in the pancreas? Why are they there? You know, there's a design. We've been designed a specific way. They're there. So let's eat the carbohydrates that are provided for us here on the planet. But let's eat them in moderation and not overdo it. Same thing with the paleo. I think the paleo is, you know, eventually their kidneys are overworked and their liver get overworked. And like I said, they have that crash. So there has to be a balance. When do you need it? Right? Are you suffering with over carbohydrate? You know, uh, do you need to curb that down? Then certainly go on a low carb thing for like, you know, two months, three months, but get off it and get back into a normal way of eating because what's going to happen is that you're going to yo yo. And this is what the dieting industry thrives on. Every, yeah, a couple of years, we have the newest diet craze, whatever it is. In the 70s, it was no fat and low fat. And in, you know, and then the 80s, it was the Atkins diet. And then we had the all carb diet after that. Now we're rolling back up on paleo. And, you know, it's, it's just it's it's a dieting mindset. And I think that's unhealthy for people, you know, to get on and get off diets, just eat food from the earth, right in season, local, lovingly prepared, consciously eat it, see how your body reacts to it. Does this nourish me? Does this not nourish me? You know, and and then really get on with your life. You know, food is only one aspect; it's a very important aspect because we couldn't be here without it. Uh, I don't think there are very many long-lived breatharians, right? Um, <laughs> but you know, we need to eat food. It needs to be delicious, but it also has to nourish us. And then get beyond the plate because there's life beyond your meal and beyond your refrigerator.
0: Mm, that is just for me. I think the essence of what you said there is that we are unique and as individuals, if we are eating good, wholesome food and it's in conscious eating, that's more relevant than just prioritizing one thing because we can get fixated on one area only. And Mm -hmm. so I think you're talking about approaching it with moderation is one of the nuggets too. Oh, that's great. So if you could talk to your 20-year-old self, that smoking, drinking person, what would you share with her to put her on a path to lifelong well-being?
1: Well, first, I, I would have her not change a thing because I think that the drinking and the drugging led to a certain level of unconsciousness that helped me realize what life was more conscious you know, like in order to see the light, you need to be in the dark, like that kind of thing. So I don't think that I would ask her to change anything, but just to continue to be aware, you know, that she, she's living in a body that's going to be with her for however many years, 60, 70, 80, 90. Um, I don't know that she wants to go longer than 90 or hundred, <laughs> you know, you can't see and you got no teeth. That's, you know, maybe it's time to go, um, Although there are some long-lived people that still have all their faculties up into their hundreds, which is fantastic. But I would tell her to to love herself. You know, like above and beyond everything, find a way to love yourself and honor yourself. You know, that 20-year-old person that I was certainly did not have self-love and self-care. That, that wasn't on the agenda. So if even with all of the, the darkness and the abuse and all of that stuff... Find some way to incorporate some form of self-love and self-care every single day,
0: oh, every day, because
1: you never know when the last day is coming.
0: So true. Mm. Yeah. And what tips do you have for living fabulously?
1: Well, to listen to this podcast, first and foremost. Yay! <laughs> uh, you know, to, to really just take care of yourself the best that you can. No guilt about it you know, and love yourself on the journey and have, uh, when you start to love yourself, you'll be able to invite people into your life that are also, you know, resonating or, or vibrating at that same frequency. Meaning if you're loving yourself in a deep and harmonious way, you'll invite people into your life that are also on a similar wavelength of deeply loving themselves. And I think that living fabulously is, Like I said, we're going to be in and out of this thing in no time, right? You never know when your last day is going to be. So living fabulously means to honor yourself and honor your journey and love yourself while you're here, right? Because it could go very quickly, very blink of an eye, boom, 40 years are gone, 50 years are gone, 60 years are gone, 70, 80 years are gone. So I think loving of yourself is the key to living fabulously.
0: Mm, Thank you. Perhaps you'd like to tell me about your New Healers Master Coaching Program.
1: I'm I'm big into ancient medicine, right? Bringing the old back, remember I said earlier, wise sages. So I'm big into the traditional forms of healing. And my New Healers Master Coaching Program elaborates on those forms of healing, those ancient forms of healing, whether it was the Ayurvedic chakras or the TCM, traditional Chinese medicine, the organ and meridian diagnosis or facial diagnosis because it helps you to understand your own physical body better how it runs Uh, you know it's not like here's an x-ray here's a blood test here's what's happening no it's like okay this is what the liver does and this is what it's responsible for right from the ancient perspective uh, this you know like in modern medicine they look at the heart and they're like oh it's the heart and it beats and it it you know it's responsible for circulation and you know all that stuff but in ancient medicine it was much deeper than that You know, the heart was much more than just a physical organ that had a a mechanical reaction in the body. It was connecting you to the people in your community, connecting you to the bigger picture, exuding joy in your life, uh, becoming excited and passionate about your work. You know, so all of your organs have a specific job that is not necessarily entirely mechanical, including the liver, including the kidneys, which are responsible for your will and your courage. Right. So they all have their own little personalities. And you know when they're out of balance. At least that's what the ancients taught us, and that's what I teach people as well. So, you know, that, that program is for practitioners, you know. Um, I mean, I do have regular people that pop into that program because they want to learn about their body as well. But mostly it's for practitioners and learning how to understand people on a deeper level. Um, and I also have a, a thyroid program, a Nourishing Thyroid Health, that, that comes out every year. And it's for people that are suffering with thyroid disease. You know, and I have lots of books and DVDs and blogs and recipes in case somebody is inspired to get into the kitchen and cook something, (laughs) something (laughs) low-carb or high-carb or low-protein, high-protein, whatever they want.
0: (laughs) Oh, great. And you'll find that information at www.andrea.com. If you just scroll through her blog, you'll just see the variety of wonderful insights she shares. You can also find Andrea on Facebook. Address is andrea.beeman1 and also on Twitter. Andrea, thank you so much for your journey and inspiring us to follow a natural path to health and well-being. It's been wonderful to have you here today.
1: Oh, thank you, Bev. I'm I'm feeling like I'm living more fabulously
0: already. (laughs) I just want to encourage people... Just take on board what Andrea has said. One thing that's resonated really strongly with me is to have more reverence for our bodies and take Mm -hmm. responsibility for that body. It's that one body you have, so take good care of it. Thank you, Andrea, and I look forward to perhaps chatting to you in future. Thanks, Bev. Thank you so much for listening, and I trust you enjoyed this episode. You can get the links and any references from this episode in the show notes at my website www.livingfabulously.com forward slash podcasts. Please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes or Google Play. I invite you to spread the love around by sharing the podcast with a friend who you think deserves to live fabulously. I look forward to connecting with you online. You can find me on Facebook by searching for Living Fabulously with Bev. Until next time, be sure to live the fab life. The information shared here and in our programs and webinars should not be seen as medical advice and is not meant to take the place of seeing licensed health professionals.